0: Hi, so welcome to the live stream today. This is our second session in our discussion towards the ICA August 2022 examination. We started the journey yesterday and began uh, with the various issues that we need to understand, the overview of the entire thing that we need to do in order for us to position ourselves to pass the examination and most importantly, uh, become successful. Uh, Most importantly, I shared a, a couple of things with you on how you can prepare your uh, study plan. Uh, the video or the link to the video to the for the preparation of the study plan is below, uh, uh, in the description of this lecture of this broadcast. So you can check the description of this broadcast and you can watch the video on how you can prepare your study plan as we prepare ourselves for the examination coming. And that will enable you to be able to study very well. So you increase your chances of passing the examination. And I see some of you guys uh, joining. You are welcome to the stream. Give us a thumbs up uh, when you join uh, the lecture. It helps us a lot to be able to reach uh, students and the videos to be pushed as well. And remember to share the video as well with others so that together we can reach as many students as possible. Mm -hmm. Tonight, I wanna share uh, my thought with you on some of the key uh, topics that you need to focus on in the respective subjects so that you can strategize and design your study out so that just from the uh, word go, as we begin our journey, you will know the topics that you have to focus on in whatever subjects that you are writing and the areas that you need to optimize in order for you to increase your chances of ultimately passing the examination. So let me know if there are any questions you have for me, put them in the comment section for me. If you're joining us on Facebook or put it in the chat. If you're joining us on YouTube, I want to hear from you. Let me also know Um, the subject you are writing so that I can give you some specific strategies on uh, how to learn those specific subjects and also to be able to increase the chances of passing uh, the examination in that regard. So uh, let me bring up my screen real quick and then let's uh, get excited about our discussion today and uh, let's begin the journey in that case. So let's see, let me have a better interface here. Okay, so um, as we discussed yesterday, we went through a couple of uh, things that you need to understand in order for you to uh, prepare well for the examination. I discussed with you the uh, way you need to study in order to increase your chances of passing the examination. Like I said, what I want to do today is to walk you through the subject specifics and look at the uh, key topics that you need to uh, focus on in order to increase your chances of passing the examination. In order to increase your chances of passing the examination ultimately there. Now, so um, one of the issues that we raised concern on uh, yesterday which was uh, really a topic for discussion was the issue relating to uh, subject combination. And I think we addressed uh, that pretty well yesterday. Uh, because in order for you to pass the examination, the subject combination is something that is uh, also vital that we need to be able to look out for at the end of the day. Because if you don't have the right combination, then you will not be able to be uh, in a better position to pass the examination. So having the right combination is really an, an ultimate thing that you have to pay attention to when it comes to how you'll be able to pass the examination. So let's see. Uh, Let me share my thought quickly on the subject combination. And then we're going to be getting into uh, some key topical issues that we need to look out for as we prepare for the examination and how we can uh, pass the exams in that case. Okay. Now, so uh, like I mentioned, uh, you are not supposed to write as many papers as possible. You have to be realistic with yourself to know how many papers that you can take in an examination diet to enable you to actually pass the examination ultimately, because that is the goal at the end of the day. So when it comes to the subject combination, we've shared our thoughts on, for instance, if you're in level two, and you have a couple of subjects outstanding coming in, then certainly subject combination-wise, financial reporting, public sector accounting and finance will be a good combination for you to take. Then probably financial management and then management accounting will also be another combination uh, that will be appropriate for you to uh, take as well if you are writing um, these papers. Then uh, audit and assurance and then Uh, principles of taxation will also be another combination that you can uh, take there in that regard now note that uh, these papers uh, something like public uh, tax it has no relationship something like audit it has no relationship these are papers that are independent on their own uh, generally at the end of the day but these are a number of combination that we can uh, have there Uh, on the level three situation Uh, Like I say always, for first-time level three students, you're supposed to register for all the papers, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit for all the four papers if you have not prepared well for the exams to pass the exams. If you have the time available to be able to prepare well and pass the exams, why not go for it? You can do it uh, if it is possible for you to do it in that manner. However, you can do corporate reporting and advanced auditing assurance Then after that, you can take uh, advanced taxation and then the strategic case study. Notes that the strategic case study paper is a paper that is expected to be written as the final paper or the last paper because of the uh, fact that it is actually going to be bringing thoughts coming in from all other angles uh, at the end of the day. Now, certainly if you're in level one, and that means you're now starting up, then financial accounting and business law will be a good uh, combination if you are going for two papers at the end of the day then certainly uh, management uh, business management and information system or business management and then uh, that is introduction to management accounting could also be another alternative that you're going for in that case. So on subject combination-wise, these are a number of permutations, if you want to, that we can uh, have going into uh, the subject computations. But like I said, our focus today is to look at the key topics that we need to focus on and how we need to study the subjects one after the other uh, 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 and to really increase our chances of understanding what we are studying pretty well in order for us to uh, pass the examination. So that is exactly what we want to jump into. That is what we want to jump into today uh, as we get excited about our discussion for this evening. So certainly, let me know in the chat box what papers are you writing, uh, what what subjects are you writing, Uh, put in the chat box for me, let me know the comment session for those of you joining us on Facebook, Uh, put in the comments or the chat box for me, let me know the subjects you are writing, then I can provide you with some specific strategies on the subjects that you are writing, the key topics and how you need to study the subjects or the topics together in order for you to increase your chances of passing the examination so put in the comment session for me uh in the chat box for me uh let me know what subject you are writing and then let me provide you with some key strategies on how you can learn these uh topics together so you can increase your chances of passing the examination and most importantly uh becoming successful so I'm going to be starting with uh, a number of the discussions as we I wait on you for some of the topics or some of the subjects that you are writing. And I'm seeing some comments coming in. I'm going to be taking them real quick as we continue with our discussion. So let's say uh, you're writing financial reporting. Let's say you're writing financial reporting. How do you uh, study out financial reporting and and what are the key issues that you need to focus on in order for you to increase your chances of passing the examination. Let's say you're doing financial reporting. W- w- what, what do you look out for? Now, financial reporting, like we mentioned, uh, we must understand the scope of the syllabus. The first thing has to do with the conceptual framework and regulatory framework. Now, this is a reading aspect of the syllabus. And so uh, you want to just kind of read that uh, quickly as uh, as much as possible. So just kind of read this as much as possible in order for you to uh, really understand what is going on. So it's conceptual framework, uh, regulatory uh, framework, knowing the issues about uh, how standards are supposed to be set. Okay, conceptual framework and regulatory framework, how standards are set and understanding elements of the financial statement and all that to enable you to be able to understand what is going on there. From there, you want to go straight up into ethics. Now, this is exactly the same way we design our financial reporting uh, book, okay? That's the same way we design our financial reporting book that that order and the level of explanation to enable you to really understand Uh, exactly how you're supposed to structure yourself out. So in our financial management book, this is exactly how we arrange the topics in the manner that it is supposed to be studied so that it can increase your chances of actually passing the examination. So ethics. Now, there is gonna be a question on ethics between five to 10 mark question in the exam hall on ethics so it's an area you don't want to take for granted there is a video already on the channel on conceptual framework you can check the playlist and watch that video there is also a two-part or three-part video we did on ethics as well this is also available on the channel you can check it out and watch it as soon as possible because it's a done deal area it's going to be in the exam hall and you want to be in a position so that you can understand that pretty well at the end of the day, and when it comes to ethics, you must understand the code of ethics, uh very important, okay, and then the threats to the code of ethics, but most importantly, it's not just about chewing and memorizing what the code of ethics are and what the threats of code of ethics are, like the self-interest threat, the self-review threat, the advocacy threat, the familiarity threat, uh, the intimidation threats. okay? It's not just about understanding these threats, but it's about how to read a question and understand the question pretty well. Because in the exam or the examiner may ask you, what are the code of, what are the ethical and professional issues that must be considered? in the scenario, ethical and professional issues. That must be considered in the scenario. And then number two, you, you, the examiner will ask you the recommended courses of action that must be uh, taken okay the recommended causes of action that must be taken by the accountant in order to mitigate or eliminate the threat that has been or the ethical issue that has been identified so it is not just about yeah, I understand the threats I understand the code of ethics it's about knowing how to answer the question and that is exactly what we took our time to do uh what we took our time and did in the uh, our financial reporting book so if you get a copy of our financial reporting book you see the way we treated the code of ethics uh, the the topic as ethics as a whole and how the questions are going to be answered and some trial questions some some practice questions in the book as well to enable you to be able to really understand exactly what is going on at the end of the day and it is crucial for you to understand this because it's a done deal area that is going to be coming In the exam hall. Now, immediately you finish with the ethics, you want to go straight up and go and look at interpretation of financial statement because it's also a dandel area that is going to be there. Okay, so interpretation of financial statement. This is ratio analysis. Okay, this is ratio analysis. It's going to be in the exam hall. Now, when it comes to ratio analysis, it's about knowing how to calculate the ratios, knowing how to interpret the ratios. But then there are some times where the examiner is going to be uh, bringing in interpretation of the ratios. But then also doing some further adjustments to the financial statements even before you uh, calculate the various ratios that must be calculated. And then there are some theory areas about ratios also that you need to understand, like the importance of ratios, the limitations of ratios, or the uses of ratios. You must understand all these as well as you go uh, in, in that case. So, conceptual framework regulatory framework read that quickly qualitative characteristics of financial statement ethics is something that is crucial is going to be there you make sure you read that carefully because the examiner is going to be bringing that up ratios i mean it's it's a it's a, it's an interesting area again if you look at our uh, a book on financial reporting we took our time again to l- explain how to calculate the various ratios how to interpret the various ratios with guiding principles and also with practice questions to enable you to be able to calculate the rec- ratios and we look at the ratios from the various perspective the race that the examiner is likely to set questions on traditional ratios ratios where you need to adjust the financial statements and other forms of ratios and that is also well explained in the in our financial reporting book and that is the third thing that you want to make sure you uh, take care of in that case and then right after that you come to issue in relation to the IFRSs I mean I mean, the accounting standards cannot be overemphasized. Now, the accounting standard is all other things, being we going to cover 40% of the exams, 40 marks, 40 marks. In other words, you're going to be having a dedicated 20-mark question on the standard. Then you're going to have another 20-mark question on single-entity uh, financial statements. Now, when it comes to the single-entity financial statement, this is where you're preparing the uh, statement of profit or loss, the statement of changes in equity, uh, the statement of financial position, the cash flow statement. So either the examiner will let you do these, or will let you do the cash flow statement. But it, no matter what you're doing, as far as you are dealing with single entity financial statements, the footnotes are all going to be on accounting standards. So the IFRSs are critical. That is something that you need to make sure you know very well and understand very well uh, as you go into the exam. And on the channel here, we have covered almost all the key standards that you require in order for you to pass the examination. So all I will say is, go to the, our accounting standard series playlist on the channel and then watch the standards because we've spent time to look at all the key standards that you need to focus on, like the IAS 16, Property, Plants and Equipment. IAS twelve income tax, IFRS nine financial instruments. We've spent time to look at all these. IAS thirty seven provisions, contingent liabilities, contingent assets. IFRS sixteen leases, uh, accounting for let's see, accounting. We've looked at all these uh, on the channel. We spent some time to look at IAS thirty eight. We looked at IAS thirty six. Now, if you happen to uh, enroll in our full course on our online study portal you get access to all the lecture videos covering all of these things as well and also you get access to our ebook and question kit which has questions to the uh so uh, which has questions to the discussions that have been done, and you also get access to join our live stream lectures, definitely, uh, when we start from next week going at the end of the day. So these fundamental standards must be known as you head on to the exam hall, IAS 33, and in special, we kind of overemphasize uh, the importance of this standard as well. So it is something that you need to make sure you understand and pay attention to very well. So that is the fourth category, the IFRSs. It is 40%. It's 40%. And this accounting standards are a lot. I mean, if you look at our book on financial reporting, we covered all the standards that you need to know. All the standards. All the standards. And there are a little m- much, but then there are a couple of them that you need to pay attention to pretty well because definitely they are going to be in the exam hall. So before you get excited about it, note that this is a 40%. Of the exam hall so of the exams you're going to write so it is then important for you to be able to know how you can understand these standards and the way you learn these standards is to learn them together they are connected okay these standards are connected they are not on individual standards they are not isolation they are not on their own because if you are learning a standard like IAS 16 it it has a connection with another standard like IAS 40 it has a connection with another standard IFRS 5 non-current asset held for sale it has a connection with IAS 36 impairment of assets it has a connection uh with IAS 37 provisions contingent liabilities contingent assets it has a connection with IAS uh 12 income tax, you must know about that. It has a connection uh, with a number of other standards IAS 23 borrowing cost, then it has a connection with IAS 20 uh, government grants. So, you realize that in order for you to really increase your chances of passing the financial approaching examination, you must learn the standards together. They are not the standards are not individual standards, the standards are not just on their own, the standards are not just something that you say oh i've mastered ias 16 now no because a question may call on you to apply ias 16 and then defer tax that is is IAS-12. A question may call on you to apply IAS-16 and some issues about government grants. A question may call upon you to apply a knowledge in IAS-37 provisions, contingent liabilities, and contingent assets, and also apply it with IAS-16. So the financial reporting standards or the accounting standards, it's going to be crucial. 40 marks Done deal. Waiting for you in the exam hall, and you want to make sure that you understand that pretty well as you gear yourself towards the April, sorry, the August twenty twenty two examination. So make sure you go through the standards and understand the standards very well. Now I see some of you guys joining. Uh, comment in the chat box. Let me know what subjects you are writing. I'm providing you with the key topics that you need to focus on to pass your exams in the respective subjects. So put in the comment section for me. Let me know the subject you are writing and then let me share my thought on uh, the key topics you need to focus on and most importantly how you can study that subject and how you can study the topics together. What do you do first and second and how you stretch yourself out to be able to pass the examination. So put in the comment section for me if you are watching on Facebook and then put in the chat for me if you are watching us on YouTube. Let me know the subject you are writing and let me share some thoughts on the key areas that you need to focus on. Now, once you are okay with Uh, IFRSs. Now, the the, the truth of the matter is that you cannot be okay with IFRSs. uh, When I say you cannot be okay, it means like you cannot come to a conclusion and say, oh, right now, yeah, I am done. No, you can never be done because you need to expose yourself to a lot of questions in order to increase your chances of ultimately passing the examination at the end of the day. So once we are done with this, we come to the consolidated financial statements. OK, consolidated financial statements, consolidated financial statement. This is a 20 mark done deal also waiting for us in the exam hall. So you need to make sure you understand the issues relating to consolidated financial statement. Now, when it comes to consolidated financial statements, there are a number of few issues that you need to understand there, there are some uh, accounting standards that you need to pay attention to. We have what we call the IAS 28 accounting. Uh, uh, how do we call it? Um. The issue relating to um, investment in associates, you must understand that. We have IFRS uh, 3, business combination, IAS 27, separate financial statement and consolidated uh, financial statement. Uh, We have IFRS uh, 10. Consolidated financial uh, statement uh, also there. So there are a couple of standards that relate to uh, this. You need to know how an entity can get control. You need to understand the meaning of what we mean by significant influence. Okay, you need to understand how goodwill is dealt with, uh, why we can have a negative goodwill, and then treatment of that particular goodwill in the books of the company. You must understand all of these. So, if you are doing financial reporting, consolidated financial statement is one of the basic topics that you are going to be looking out for in the exam hall. And the way you excel, in the exams at the end of the day or naturally overall at the end of the day is going to be uh, knowing these topics and knowing how to structure yourself out at the end of the day. So that is what you need to understand when we talk about the issue relating to financial reporting. This is the structure of financial reporting generally. Now I have seen some people actually starting with consolidated financial statement, blah, 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 and all of those things. Now, the reason why I don't subscribe to that uh, school of thought is that in consolidated financial statement, you're going to be applying some of these basic accounting standards because in consolidated financial statement, there will be depreciation. In consolidated financial statement, there may be provisions. In consolidated financial statement, there may be issues about borrowing costs. In consolidated financial statement, there may be some adjustments that you need to pay attention to. For that reason, I always do, Uh, uh, subscribe or tell people that let that be your last or the last but one uh, topic that you look out for in that particular case. Now, remember, this blueprint I'm providing for you here is for your own studies. Okay, now if you're attending tuition somewhere, your lecturer may not go in this particular order. Okay, because every uh, lecturer has a way of teaching the subject, there is nothing like right or wrong uh, at the end of the day, but this is for your own learning or your own steady time so that you can structure yourself out. Because remember, like I say all the time, uh, nobody owes you anything. Okay, the fact that you have paid money and you're attending lectures somewhere does not mean they will provide you with everything that you need to pass the examination. So you have to take your life into your own hands and make sure you know you have covered everything that there is to be covered. So you put yourself in the sports to be able to pass the examination. And that is very crucial. So if you are writing financial reporting, these are the key issues that we need to uh, focus on. These are the key issues that we need to uh, share our thoughts on in order for us to increase our chances of passing uh, the examination. I hope that makes sense pretty well. Remember, the area that is going to take you a lot of time is, is the accounting standards, okay? And Probably consolidated financial statement. But most importantly is the accounting standard because of the fact that that is 40% of the exams. 40% of the exams. So you don't want to really uh, go ahead and take it for granted and do something that you are not supposed to do. So make sure you pay attention to that pretty well because that is going to really, really help you at the end of the day. Okay, I see some chats coming in. Let's see if I can uh, take some of the messages coming in. Samuel Lamte said, I see you, see you. Yeah, Samuel. I hope you're doing well. Alison Bainmo said you got this. Okay. Antoinette Efwa said, Good evening, Shira. I will be writing public sector. Okay. I'll be sharing my thought on PSA in a moment. Is this life Hell yes, it's life You can see I'm reading your comments. (laughs) It's life currently. Uh so Alison said, I'm writing I can. Your videos so far have been really helpful. Thank you very much. I'll be taking PM and CM, CSME in skills level. Okay, performance management and then uh, what is CMME. I don't know. If you can let me know what that is. Uh, Brian Mayangna. Okay, giving us some laughter emojis. Uh, Gladys Anefi said level two, FR and PSA. Okay, I've already spoken about FR, Gladys. I hope that you got that well. Uh, John said, advanced financial reporting and analysis, advanced financial management plus leadership and management. Okay. Okay. Charles almost said, "Public. I'm writing public sector and copy reporting. Then, Melissa Z- zagno said, okay, Melissa, your message didn't come in full. Let's know what you're t- saying. Okay. She has come back, Copy reporting and then What? Advanced Audit and Assurance. Okay. Okay. That's fine. So I'm seeing some public sector coming in. So let's go straight to public sector and uh, let's share some thought on that uh, pretty quick on public sector accounting and finance. Then I'll come to copy reporting after that, and then we will jump to advanced Audit and assurance. If you are watching whatever subject you are writing, drop it in the comment section. Let me provide you with some strategies right here. Now, public sector accounting and finance is one of the most interesting uh, subjects in the ICA syllabus, and it's a subject that uh, it's interesting in various ways because of the fact that if you're not careful, you can fail it easily, but then if you work a little bit harder, you can pass it. Uh, also easily at the end of the day. So there are some key issues that you need to uh, focus on when it comes to public sector uh, accounting and finance to increase the chances of passing the examination. The first thing that you need to focus on in order for you to uh, pass the examination when it comes to public sector accounting and finance is going to be the issue relating to the accounting techniques And accounting basis. The accounting techniques and accounting basis alongside with measurement basis, that is the first thing you need to focus on that. Now, that is the that is crucial because this is the beginning aspect of the syllabus, and this is where uh, you you actually begin the journey. Generally, uh, at the end of the day, but so when you talk about accounting techniques, we are talking about issues such as uh, vote accounting. Okay. Now, again, if you have our Public Sector Accounting and Finance book. We cover these things in much detail when it comes to dealing with uh, public sector accounting. And we have a book also on public sector accounting and finance available. So, vote accounting, uh, founder accounting, commitment accounting. All these have been uh, uh, issues that you need to look out for. These are accounting uh, techniques. Okay? Okay. You need to make sure you understand this uh, pretty well. That is the introductory aspect. Then accounting basis. These are the accounting concepts and those things. So we have the cash basis of accounting, uh, accrual basis of accounting. We have the modified cash basis and modified accrual basis of accounting. Then we come to also issues about measurement uh, basis, sorry for the way I'm illustrating the thing. Now, when it comes to the measurement basis, this is where we are talking about. Measurement has to do with the, the, the determination of the amount at which a transaction is supposed to be carried or an item is supposed to be carried in the financial statement of the entity. So when it comes to measurement basis, we have what we call the fair value, the value at which an asset can be exchanged or a liability settled. Okay, So fair value, it's a measurement basis. Uh, value in use It's a measurement basis. Historical cost is a measurement basis. You must know about uh, replacement costs. It's a measurement basis that you must uh, know about at the end of the day. So that, that is the first key area that you need to focus on. The accounting techniques, vote accounting, fund accounting, commitment accounting. Now, under fund accounting, you're going to be learning the various fund of uh, government. For instance, when it comes to the various fund of government, we have the Consolidated Fund. We have the Contingency Fund. We have the Ghana Education Trust Fund. We have the Sinking Fund. We have the COVID-19 Fund. We have all other funds. And chances, may, many of the funds have been collateralized. Uh, by the government of Ghana for loans, uh, generally at the end of the day. And allegedly, I mean, one time in Parliament, the Minister for Roads and Highway also was was made mention of the fact that even the COVID-19, the e-levy that has been issued, it's it, the fund will be collateralized to take loan uh, at the end of the day. So many of the public fund of Ghana, I mean, has been collateralized, actually, at the end of the day. They've used it as a collateral facility for loans. So the funds are not able to execute what they are supposed to execute because, I mean, the loans must come in to be used to handle various other aspects of the economy or run various uh, machinery of government at the end of the day. So that's the first key area that you need to uh, focus on. And this is going for Charles, uh, going for Gladys, going for... Antoinette, eh, eh, a uh or is it a Fua? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the first key aspect we need to focus on there. Once we are done with that, we come to the second issue, and that is going to be the PIFA. The second issue is going to be the PIFA. That is primary. It's another key fundamental area that you need to uh, focus on because definitely one way or the other, the chief examiner has said it has become something that is fundamental. So that is the issue relating to um, public expenditure and financial accountability framework, the public expenditure and financial accountability uh, framework. So it is very important to understand the PFA. Now, the the reason why you need to understand the PFA also is that it is going to help you in, in interpretation of financial statement, which is another key topic in the syllabus. But You need to understand the PIFA very well. You need to understand the key pillars uh, of the PIFA pretty well. Uh, The importance or the objectives of the PIFA, you need to understand that pretty well. The limitations of the PIFA, you need to understand that pretty well. Then also issues relating to uh, how we use the PIFA to evaluate the performance of government. Usually the purpose of the PIFA is to assess the uh, efficiency of the public financial management system of the government okay that it's working well or it's not working well at the end of the day so PIFA is another crucial area for public sector accounting and finance students to be able to understand that pretty well as you go into the exam hall once we get PIFA right the next thing is going to be revenue management and expenditure control Revenue management and expenditure control. Now, this is another fundamental area. The reason why this is important is that this will help you in final accounts. That is financial statement preparation and also ratio analysis. That is interpretation of financial statements. Okay? So it is important for you to understand revenue management and expenditure control. When we say revenue management and expenditure control, what are the sources of revenue to their government. Now, when you talk about sources of revenue, you are looking at both the central government and also the local government. Okay? So ministries, departments, agencies, then the local government is the metropolitan, municipal, and district assemblies. So what are the sources of revenue to them? We must know these. What are the expenditures that government uh, incurs? at the end of the day? We must know these. How does government control public expenditure? How does government control uh, revenue losses at the end of the day? How does government ensure that it increases revenue? So revenue management and expenditure control, it's it's a little uh, bulky area, uh, especially if you are going to uh, look at our book on public sector accounting and finance, it's a, it's a bit bulky area, but like I said, the knowledge there is needed for you to prepare the financial statement, which is a 20 marks question coming in, and also for you to analyze the p- financial performance and financial position and financial condition of the government at a given uh, date. So that is a third the third key area that you need to uh, focus on pretty well. Then we come to the issue relating to um, the Ipsas. Now, the Ipsas, that is why I always uh, recommend people to do the IFR and then PSA together. This is one of the reasons because the Ipsas are just uh, like uh, a mirror the IASs and IFRSs. So when it comes to the IPSAS, we have uh, the IPSAS 17, that is property, plants, and equipment. It is just like IAS 16. We have the issue relating to IPSAS uh, 16, that is investment property. It is just like IAS 40. Then we have the IPSAS 12, it is just like, uh, that is inventory. It is just like IAS uh, 2. Then we come to the issue relating to IPSAS 5. That is borrowing cost. That is the same as IAS 23 uh, in the uh, FR class uh, at the end of the day or the CR class uh, at the end of the day. Then we come to the issue relating to uh, IPSAS 9. And Ipsos 23. Now, in in public sector, there are two Ipsos that cover uh, the issue relating to revenue. So we have revenue from exchange transactions, revenue from non-exchange transactions. So Ipsos 9, Ipsos 23. Ipsos 9 is revenue from exchange transaction, which means that government receives the revenue and gives something in return, whilst Ipsos 23 looks at revenue from non-exchange transaction like taxes, like grants, donations, those things are covered by Ipsos 23. And the idea there is just similar to what you know in IFRS um, 15, Revenue from Contract with Customers. Are you getting the idea? Revenue from contract uh, with customers at the end of the day. So the the idea here is that once you are strong in one part of the Ipsas, it's going to be helping you to do financial reporting. If you are strong in financial reporting in the IASs and IFRSs, it will be applicable also in the IASs. It's only that that some weddings are going to be different. For instance, in public sector, we will prefer to use the word uh, capital consumption uh, rather than using the word depreciation. Okay? It's the same thing. Or consumption of fixed assets. Okay? Consumption of fixed assets is the same as depreciation. So some wordings are going to be a little bit different. And then the scope of the assets in public sector will be a little bit different than the scope of assets in the private sector when you're doing financial reporting or you're doing corporate reporting. So yes, the IPSAS, it's something that you need to understand as well. Now, the reason you need to understand the IPSAS is that probably sometimes the examiner can bring a dedicated question on an IPSAS then also he can ask you to deal with an ipsas when you are preparing the financial statement which is one of the key aspects of the syllabus that we need to make sure we understand at the end of the day now note that many of these ipsas has also been covered on the channel here if you have a role in our public sector course the full course of our public sector i mean these uh, ipsas are covered on our online study portal and you can see all the ipsas have been covered in our full course on our online portal on youtube here a number of them are available you can uh, watch them for those of you who have not uh, enrolled in our full courses or who are attending lectures elsewhere in that regard so make sure you cover the ipsas make sure you are strong in them pretty well Now, once you are doing like corporate reporting or financial reporting, the accounting standards knowledge there, you're going to just flip it up and it's going to be helping you uh, to apply a lot. Just that there are also some of the IPSAs that have no IASs or IFRSs equivalent. So there are some IPSAs that are exclusive just in the public sector and you cannot get the equivalent in the private sector. But that is what we need to understand when it comes to dealing with the IPSAs. So what are we saying? accounting techniques, accounting basis, uh, measurement basis. Uh, PIFA, very fundamental. You want to make sure you spend time to know that pretty well. Then uh, revenue management and expenditure control is crucial. It's fundamental. You don't want to take that for granted. And then the Ipsas, you want to make sure you understand that very well. Now, once you understand the Ipsas. One of the things you need to come up with quickly is the preparation of the financial statement. Definitely, there is a 20 mark question that the examiner is going to be throwing at you. Preparation of financial statements. Definitely, there is a 20 mile question the examiner is going to throw at you here. Yeah. Now, the final accounts can be on the consolidated fund, which means the uh, central government. Okay. It could be on the consolidated fund of Ghana or. It could be for a local assembly, a ministry, uh, a department, or agency that is an MMDA. Okay. Or it could be any subvented uh, organization uh, at the end of the day or a covered entity, any covered entity. A covered entity is simply an entity whose uh, Activity is financed either in part or in whole by the government or from their consolidated fund. So any entity whose activity is partly financed either in whole or in part by the activities of government is referred to as a covered entity. So the examiner can bring the financial statement preparation either on the central government in the consolidated fund, local assembly, MDA, MMDAs, or other covered entity. It could be a department, it could be a government school, a public school somewhere, it could be a hospital, or whatever it is. The examiner is under no obligation to follow any order. So please make sure that if you are looking at the preparation of the financial statement, you cover everything from top. To bottom at the end of the day and that is exactly what we spend time to do as well uh, uh, we spend time and did as well in our public sector uh, accounting and finance book uh, for you to be able to understand what is going on there once you're able to do that you come to the next part and that is interpretation of financial statements interpretation of financial statements Now, when it comes to interpretation of financial statements, it's a crucial area. Remember I told you, sometimes you may have to use the PIFA principle here. Now, there are three levels of ratio uh, interpretation of financial statements here. We have what we call the common size analysis. There are rules that governs the way the common size analysis is supposed to be done. Then we have the ratio analysis. Okay, then we have what we call the budget variance analysis the budget variance analysis. Most importantly, it is the budget variance analysis where the PIFA principle is going to be applying here for you to be able to know how to interpret the financial statement. So you must know how to do common size analysis, the ratio analysis, and the budget variance analysis. Under the ratio analysis, you may calculate ratio for financial performance, calculate ratio for financial position, calculate ratio of financial conditions, and other things as well. And use that to interpret the performance of the government or the performance of the entity for the period under review. So ratio analysis also is a fundamental area that the examiner is going to be bringing up to us. And you need to make sure You understand how to interpret the financial statement. you doing common size analysis, doing ratio analysis, or using the budget variance analysis, because these are all crucial areas for you to be able to uh, understand exactly what is going on. Once we are done with that, we go to the public-private partnership arrangement, PPP. Public private partnership arrangement is a crucial area. It's a fundamental area. You want to make sure you know that very well. Example: the objectives of the public private partnership arrangement, the principles of the public private partnership arrangement, the types of the public private partnership arrangement. Very important. Very important. So we have build operate transfer. We have build transfer operate. We have service concession. We have uh. Uh, maintain and operate, there are various types of public-private partnership arrangements. You want to make sure you understand them pretty well because the examiner is going to be throwing something at us there at the end of the day. Then suddenly, you come to public procurement. Another fundamental area in the syllabus, the examiner is going to throw some 10 mark questions on you, so you want to make sure that you capture that also uh, in the exam hall or before you get into the exam hall, public procurement. Then, once you deal with all of these things, there are some other fundamental issues uh, that you need to understand when it comes to uh, dealing with public sector accounting and finance generally. And that is going to be the roles or responsibilities, roles and responsibilities of the following people the controller, accountant general, uh, the auditor general, the parliament. Okay, public accounts committee, parliament. What is their role? Uh, the internal audit agency. What is their role? You must make sure you go through these very well and scan kind of read them uh, pretty well. Don't spend a lot of time on them, but you need to make sure you have some ideas uh, about them as well, because that these are going to the examiner may or may not uh, ask you anything about them, but it's it's important because they are in the syllabus. And you can spend some uh, amount of time to just read them, understand and know about four of these. Then we have the principal account holders. Then we have what we call principal spending officers. Now, the principal account holders are the government-appointed uh, officials of these covered entities. Like, for instance, the Minister of Finance is the principal account holder of the Ministry of Finance. OK, he's the government appointed person. OK, then the minister of food and agriculture, He is the principal account holder. I mean, <laughs> that, that minister there, I mean, he gets up and he says things that are not even happening, but he says it anyway and go away, it's God free. But it is what it is, you know. So the people who are appointed are the principal account holders. Then the uh, senior most administrative head. Uh, of the organization responsible for the day-to-day running of the entity will be the principal spending officer. Now, note that the one responsible for the day-to-day running of the organization can also be appointed. Because if you have the chief executive officer for state enterprises, for instance, they, they are appointed. So, in a way, they are representing like principal spending officers because they are responsible for the day-to-day running of the organization uh, as well as they are seen as people who are appointed and so they are principal account holders. So it's like they are wearing the double hats to represent what they are doing at the end of the day in that particular case. So we must understand the roles, the responsibilities of these institutions and these uh, group of people uh, in that regard. Then definitely the boss himself, Minister of Finance and economic planning, what is his responsibility, what are uh, his roles uh, at the end of the day. Now, so that is also something that we need to uh, take away there at the end of the day. Then generally, the last part is going to be budgeting and budgetary uh, control as well, okay? Budgeting and budgetary control, or budgeting in the public sector. (laughs) It's a huge area You want to make sure that you do that as a final part. By then, you would have uh, spent time to do a lot of the things already so that you don't go that much at the end of the day in that case. So when we talk about public sector accounting and finance, I mean, these are the things there. And the the questions are going to be spread. The examiner will try as much as possible to pick questions from almost all the aspects that I have mentioned. Okay, 10 marks from here, 2 marks from here, 3 marks from here, 20 from here, 5 from here, 3 from here, like that. Because his objective is that in each examination diet, he will be able to cover as much as possible at the end of the day. So if you're writing public sector accounting and finance, this is the thing that you need to understand. My takeaway for you on public sector accounting and finance is for you to, like I mentioned earlier, make sure that you are familiar with some of the Ipsos very well. Make sure you are okay with preparation of the financial statement. Make sure you are strong in the uh, interpretation of financial statements. Okay? Interpretation of financial statements. Make sure you are also strong when it comes to dealing with the issue about the accounting uh techniques, accounting, bases, and then measurement bases. Make sure you are strong in those things very well. And also, public-private partnership arrangement. I mean, if you're able to be strong in these areas, I mean, public-private partnership arrangements, we got 10 marks coming in. The accounting uh, techniques, accounting policies, uh, uh, measurement bases, that's also another 10 marks coming in. Dan deal in the exam hall. Interpretation of financial statement between 15 to 20 marks. Final accounts, maybe 20 marks coming in. Then the knowledge of the EPSs coming in, about 5 to 10 marks also coming in. So you want to make sure that at least these areas you are really comfortable with. Then, like I said, revenue management and expenditure control, you want to make sure you understand that pretty well as well. So these are what you must understand when we talk about public sector accounting and finance i see some of you guys joining you are welcome uh give us a thumbs up on the video when you join it helps us a lot in case you've not subscribed to the channel also and sure to subscribe to the channel and click the bell notification icon that way when i go live you'll be the first person to be notified by youtube now i see some questions coming in let's see if i can uh look at some of the uh questions or some of the concerns let me know what subjects are you writing uh Put it in the comment section for me, and let me provide you with a blueprint on the way you study the subjects and the topics and the key issues in the topic that you need to focus on to optimize your chances of actually passing the examination. So, let me know in the comment section uh, what you're doing. Let's see. Do I have anything coming up? Charles Amon on Facebook said, please, can I have your online timetable for PSA and copy reporting? Public sector accounting and finance is on Monday, uh, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Corporate reporting is on Saturday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon uh, as well on copy reporting. You can WhatsApp. Uh, the number scrolling below the screen 0501149296 and it will be uh, sent to you as well we are we're going to be starting officially our live lectures uh on Monday that is 2nd of May 2022 and uh that is where we're going to be starting our lectures and uh we're going to have 12 weeks uh to learn and we're going to be having also some evening and uh sorry, some Saturday-Sunday sessions coming on later on to practice questions. Then we're also going to have our Executive Revision Masterclass to help you to pass the examination. So really, I mean, that is how we've designed our program in that case. So PSA is on Monday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Corporate Reporting is on Saturday, and that is going to be um, 9 a.m. to uh, 12 noon. Then let's see some other Uh, Do we have some other topics or some other subjects coming up? I see corporate reporting and audit and assurance. Let me run through corporate reporting really quick. Now, corporate reporting, I've spoken about financial reporting already. So corporate reporting, I mean, the same idea. Corporate reporting, there is a 10 mark question on ethics. That examiner is going to be bringing 10 marks. It's a done deal area. So again, like I said, if you get a book on corporate reporting, I mean, we spend our time to really cover it's volume one and volume two. Okay, unfortunately, I mean, these are old design. I don't have the new design here. So in corporate reporting, for instance, we have the volume one and volume two, and uh, we covered everything, especially ethics, how you answer the ethics questions how you answer the ethics question so that you can actually get a 10 mark question coming in at the end of the day. So make sure you are strong on ethics. Then ratios. Okay. Interpretation of financial statements. It's a done deal area. Copy reporting. You must make sure you understand that pretty well as you go into the exam hall. Uh, And that is uh, important there. Then you come to the issue about specialized transactions specialized transactions. Now, when it comes to specialized transactions, we are looking at two things broadly, okay? We're looking at two things broadly. We are looking at business valuation, very crucial area, business valuation. Then we're going to be looking at also the issue relating to financial reconstruction and corporate reorganization, financial reconstruction, and corporate reorganization. So one of these will be in the exam hall. Chances are one of them will be in the exam hall at the end of the day. So you want to make sure that you spend some time to uh, really understand exactly what is going on when it comes to these two uh, papers or these two subjects, because it's really crucial for you to be able to understand uh, what's going on there. So specialized transaction, spend some time to look at them uh, pretty well in that case. Then it comes to the next one, and that is going to be the IFRSs, the accounting standards. Uh, the examiner has said that when it comes to corporate reporting, the standards, it's, it's 30 marks. He's going to ensure that he has 30 marks question coming in. Now, in corporate reporting, there are some standards that are no-go areas. That means all other things being equal, they will be in the exam hall, and that is IFRS nine, financial instruments, our favourite standard, IFRS two. Share based payment, very crucial. IAS 19 employee benefits. Either you're going to have a dedicated question on these standards, or you're going to be having, um, how do we call it them in the consolidated financial statement part that you need to look out for? So IFRS 9 financial instruments, IFRS two, share-based payments, IAS 19 employee benefits you must understand these standards pretty well in addition to the other standards that we mentioned the IAS 16 the IAS 20 the IAS 24 uh, uh, related party transaction we have also IAS 8 operating segment or segment reporting so you have to make sure you understand this so ethics very crucial Interpretation of financial statements very important. You want to make sure you understand that uh, business specialized transaction, business valuation, or financial reconstruction, corporate reorganization. One of these guys will be in the exam, or you want to spend time to look at them. Then from there, you come to the uh, standards at the end of the day as well. Then definitely you will say goodbye on the consolidated financial statements. Now I would don't want you to start with consolidated financial statements in the beginning because of the time. That a consolidated financial statement is going to be needing, okay? Because at this level, you are looking at a complex group structure on corporate reporting. So you are look. You may be looking at something like a foreign subsidiary. Okay, how do we deal with foreign subsidiary? How do we deal with consolidated cash flow? Okay, how do you deal with consolidated cash flow? Okay, how do we, do you deal with complex group structure? Okay, so at this level, it requires a lot of time. If you are not careful and you start studying consolidation, it is going to take all your time. So I would recommend that that should be your last topic you deal with on your study plan on your study uh, uh, schedule. That should be the last or the last but one because by then it's it's 20 marks in the exam hall. By the time it needs, it's more than the max that is attributed to it. So you want to make sure that you look at your ethics, you look at your ratios, you look at your specialized transactions, you look at some of the standards, then you can come to the consolidated financial statement. That during your revision, you can be blending the consolidated financial statement with the rest of the standards as you solve the other questions in that particular case. So corporate reporting also, these are the key issues that we need to look out for, the key issues that we need to focus on, and how we need to study the topics together in order for us to increase the chances of passing the examination at the end of the day. Okay, any other topics for me, please? Put it in the chat for me. Any other subjects, okay? Any other subjects for me, please? Uh, I see advanced audit and assurance, let's see if I can handle that from Melissa Zanyo. I don't know if I got that name right, though, but Advanced Audit and Assurance. Advanced Audit and Assurance is my personal favorite in the Level 3. Man, I love Advanced Audit and Assurance. It's my personal favorite. And uh, our Advanced Audit and Assurance book, our new book on Advanced Audit and Assurance, will be in Ghana, possibly by close of next week. We are hoping that it will be available in Ghana Because, I mean, it's a book that is really going to be assisting students to be able to prepare well for the exam. But hey, Advanced Audit and Assurance is uh, my personal favorite subject in the level three. Why is that so? Because it's clean. It's direct. It's practical. It's relatable. It's 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 a subject that you can you can see around you really well at the end of the day, and it is interesting. The more you dive into it, generally at the end of the day. So when it comes to advanced audit and assurance, fundamental issues is ethics. There is going to be definitely a question on ethics, minimum of ten mark question in the exam. But you got to be careful here. The way the ethics question is set in advanced audit and assurance is different from the ethics in corporate reporting. So, yes, you're going to be learning still there. Fundamental code of ethics, integrity, objectivity, professional competence and due care, confidentiality, professional behavior. You're going to be learning the threat, the self-interest threat, the self-review threat, the advocacy threat, the familiarity threat, the intimidation threat. You're going to be learning all that. But the structure of the question and the way you answer the questions in advanced audit and assurance about ethics is going to be different from the way you answer the question in corporate reporting. And we did that exactly very well in our corporate reporting book. We did that very well in our corporate reporting book, Volume 1 and Volume 2, to explain to you how you answer the questions on ethics. And in our uh, Advanced Audit and Assurance book also, that will be coming, uh, will be in Ghana pretty by next week, hopefully. we, we treated that also well how you answer the ethics question. Because in Advanced Audit and Assurance, you have to look at the ethics from the perspective of uh, individuals and also from the perspective of the audit firm as a whole. And depending on the way the question is structured, then we need to find out how we can answer the question at the end of the day but whatever be the case ethics about 10 more question the examiner is going to be throwing some jab at us and we need to be on the uh, on the go to be able to look at that then audits, planning and risk assessment boy this is one of the one of my interesting topics that you can know about because i mean risk assessment, audit planning and risk assessment. It's it's really interesting. I mean, uh, what do you do before you accept an audit engagement? How do you plan the audits? What are the things you look out for? How do you assess the risks that is related to the audit that you are undertaking? Then materiality level, preliminary materiality, performance materiality, how do you set the materiality threshold? There is something about this in the exam hall that the examiner would definitely throw at you and you need to be able to understand the various risks that we are exposed to. So we have the business risk, we have the audit risk, and we have the risks of material misstatement. You must understand all of these things. Very interesting. The audit risk is simply going to be the inherent rigs, which is the, in the company, the control rigs, which is because of the company as well, and then the detection rigs. Really, these two add up together to give us the rigs of material misstatement. So you must understand audit planning and risk assessment. Now, let me say this. If you are doing advanced auditing assurance, don't think that you are going to be reading, 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 reading. It's not about reading. It's about understanding what you are reading. Practically, what does does it mean? How is it done? That is why I said, and and, and the way the syllabus is structured, and depending on whatever book you're going to be using or uh, whoever is going to be teaching you, you must make sure that this is really practical down to earth to enable you to write. Now, remember, this is a written paper. Because it is a written paper, you're going to be writing English grammar. So you want to make sure that you understand what you are reading pretty well, you understand the lectures very well, so that when the question in, uh, is asked, you know how to word out your questions. And that is exactly what we try to do in our Advanced Audit and Assurance our book to assist students to prepare well for the examination. Then once we deal with audit planning and risk assessment, another key area is audit evidence. Boy! Audit evidence. I cannot overemphasize this. Audit evidence and audit procedures. Definitely, there is a question waiting for you in the exam about audit evidence and audit procedures. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, because audit procedures, I mean, it's going to be based on A, E, I, O, U, the five vowel sounds. A for analytical procedures, E for inquiry, I for inspection, O for observation, Uh, you for recalculation and reperformance. But the audit procedures we undertake depends on the assertion that is being tested. And the assertion that we are testing could be known as what we call the ACCA cover. I mean that is just a mnemonic we use to explain the various assertions. We have the accuracy, we have cut off, we have completeness, we have allocation, we have rights and obligation, we have valuation. All these are assertion that is being tested. So based on the question that is said before us, we will know the assertion that is being tested. Then we can design the audit procedures that we are undertaking at the end of the day. So definitely there is a question for you waiting on the ex- uh, for us in the exam or on. Audit evidence and then what audit procedures, and it's very crucial for you to understand that as an advanced audit and assurance student. As an advanced audit and assurance student, then once we're able to, I mean, do the ethical requirement, plan our audits, set the materiality level, carry out our audit procedures, we got a report. So the next thing is audit reporting. Per the syllable structure, we are supposed to have about 15-mark questions coming in in the exam, or is the done deal area coming in? So what kind of opinion are we going to be expressed uh, in the auditor's reports? Then how do we modify our auditor's reports, modification of our auditor's reports, dealing with issues like going concern, dealing with issues like subsequent events, All these are crucial, basic that we must understand because audit reporting, it's very fundamental as well when it comes to dealing with the ICAG Audit and Assurance uh, Exams. So this is going to be another crucial area, another fundamental area that you need to pay attention to because at the end of the day, when we carry out audit procedures and we issue audit, uh, we gather evidence, We need to report because ultimately, as auditors, when we audit the financial statement, we need to issue an auditors report. So we must know about that pretty well. Then we come to uh, non-assurance services. I mean, we need to understand all of these as well. Non-assurance engagement will include things like agreed upon procedures. Uh, audit review of prospective financial statement review of interim uh, financial statement looking at issues like forensic uh, auditing okay all these are issues that we need due diligence these are all other um, engagement that we may be called upon to undertake and we need to undertake it in a manner that is expected to be undertaken and issue our auditors' report. So these are also another other issues that we need to understand. Then 20 mark in the syllabus is going to be public audit in the public sector or public sector audit. Now, when it comes to public sector audit, we must understand the types of public sector audit. There are three types of public sector audit. We have what we call a financial uh, audit okay? We have the compliance audit, and we have the um, financial audit, compliance audit. What's the third one? Oh, performance audit. I cannot forget that. So, financial audit, compliance audit, and then performance audit. We must know the types and how they are performed, are the undertaking. Then, certainly, we must know Issues relating to the role of the Auditor General, the role of Public Accounts Committee, the role of Internal Audit Agency, uh, the role of, um, um, how do we call it, other institutions and other organizations such as the uh, Bank of Ghana. Okay, we must know their role, the National Insurance Commission. We must know their role uh, as well. Um, So we must know all of these things. Then suddenly the Auditor General's report, we must know about that as well at the end of the day uh, because that is crucial for us to know about that as well. So that is public sector audit. That's public sector audit. So when it comes to advanced audits and assurance, these are the key issues that we need to the key topics and how they are connected with each other. So you start with ethics. Then you come to planning and risk assessment. You come to audit evidence, audit procedure, because they are going to be together. Once you, as you're undertaking the audit procedure, the evidence are going to be coming in. Then you're going to be reporting. Then there are other engagement that you undertake. Then there are some other topics that you must know about, like money laundering, okay? Like money laundering, I mean, it's one of the topics there, then uh, auditors' liability. Auditors' liability. It's also another thing that you must understand at the end of the day uh, as well there. So the auditor's liability is something that is basic and something that you need to uh, understand. So advanced audit and assurance, these are the key Issues, But like I said, your best bet is ethics, audit planning and risk assessment, audit evidence, audit procedures, audit reports, and public sector audits. These are the crucial topics that you need to make sure you are strong in very well so that you can position yourself to ultimately, ultimately pass the exams. So that you can position yourself to ultimately pass the exams at the end of the day. So that is the issue about that one as well. Any other topics for me, please? Any other topics or any other subjects for me? Any other subjects? Then let me know. Uh, We've gone through a number of the subjects so far. We've gone through uh, public sector, financial reporting. We've looked at uh, advanced audits. We've looked at uh, what else? FR, financial reporting as well. Let me know what topics would you want me to start taking from tomorrow on the live stream? So put in the comment section for me what topics, give me topics, don't give me subject, give me topics. What topics would you want me to start taking uh, from tomorrow on the live stream? So put it in the comment section for me if you are watching on Facebook, or put it in the chat for me if you are watching on YouTube. What topics would you want me to start with from tomorrow as we begin with our live stream uh uh, as we begin with topic specific from tomorrow on the live stream let's see if i have some chats also coming in here oh okay so i've dealt with charles psa financial management okay i'm gonna come to that in a moment management accounting okay i'm seeing some management accounting also here about three or four people with management accounting so let's look at that as well now management accounting is an interesting subject as well here so management accounting now when it comes to management accounting uh what i would say first is that there are some fundamental topics that you need to understand okay there are some fundamental topic that you need to uh understand for you before you go into the exam hall generally uh, or before you even start management accounting proper there are some fundamental topics that you need to uh, understand. Very, very critical. I cannot overemphasize the importance of this. So some fundamental topics you need to understand. Number one is absorption costing. Let me start with the basic radar. Cost classification. Now, if you're doing management accounting in your syllabus, the topics I'm about to list will not directly be in your syllabus. It's, it's not directly in your syllabus for management accounting in ICAG level two. But you need to know them before you start with the syllabus. Because you you need the understanding of these principles to be able to deal with the things that are in the syllabus. Because these are like level one issues, but they are in the level two, not directly in the syllabus, but they are required. For you to pass the examination or to understand the topics stated there. So, cost classification, very important. Marginal costing, very important. Absorption costing, very important. Very important. Then, activity based. For activity based, costing is in the syllabus. So, you will see it there. Activity-based costing is in the syllabus, so you're going to see it there uh, generally. But cost classification, marginal costing, absorption costing, these are very crucial. These are very, very crucial. Now, under cost classification, we have classification of cost according to nature. We have classification of cost according to behavior. We have classification of cost according to function. As well. Now, classification of cost according to nature is where we classify the cost according to the elements of cost. And there are three elements of cost we have the material cost, labor cost, and then uh, expenses. Classification of cost according to behavior is where we classify cost into fixed cost, variable cost, and then semi fixed cost. This is where the high and low method comes in. Now, there is the high and low method is where the examiner gives you total cost for uh, an activity or for an entity, but you need to split the total cost into fixed and variable. So you have to use the high and low method. It is not in the syllabus, but it is a fundamental issue expe- issue you are expected to know before you begin to even dive in the syllabus. That is why I'm saying that these are fundamental issues I'm listing, I'm talking about. These are fundamental issues. Then, a the classification of costs according to function is where we classify costs according to the departments which incur the cost. It's crucial, it's very important. You need to understand the marginal costing principle pretty well. Why is that important? Because you need the marginal costing principle when it comes to a key topic in management accounting called short term decision. So when it comes to short-term decisions, I'm going to share my thought on that in a moment, you are going to be applying the marginal costing principle. Also, when you're dealing with variance analysis, you may be using the marginal costing principle, another key topic that you must understand. The reason you need the absorption costing understanding very well is for a topic called budgeting and budgetary control in management accounting and also for variance analysis. So before you do anything, before you start with looking at the ICA level 2 management accounting syllabus, you must make sure you go through these three guys. They are not in the syllabus, but you must make sure you understand them thoroughly. 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 You must make sure you understand them pretty well before you start going through the syllabus. Before you start going through the syllabus. So, these are fundamental topics. If you're doing management accounting, this is where you start because your knowledge here will help you, like I said, in short term decisions, in variance analysis, in budgetary and budgetary control. So, once you are okay with these fundamental issues, you now go to the uh, key topics. We have what we call models of evaluation. There is going to be a question on that waiting for you in the exam hall. Modules of evaluation. Now, there are a lot of them uh, there. We have the throughput accounting ratio or throughput accounting there. We have the balance scorecard there. There are a lot of them. If you look at the ICA syllabus, the, lo- the, the list is there. We have the uh, total quality management. We have cost control and cost reduction. And cost reduction, that's also there. We have the just-in-time system (JIT). Is there? These are all modules of evaluation, and you must make sure you understand them very well. Uh, we have business uh, engineer re-engineering. Sorry, business process engineering. These are all issues that we need to uh, understand. So models of evaluation. Now, they are reading areas. I mean, uh, throughput accounting, yes, has some calculation there. Balance scorecard may have some calculation, depending on the question you are looking out for. But the rest of them are reading areas. So you want to quickly scan, read them as soon as possible, get the understanding, and then you move on. Okay? They are all reading areas. So make sure you just understand them, and then you move on as quickly as possible. Then the next key topic is short-term decisions. Like I mentioned earlier, there is going to be a question on short-term decision. Like I said, you will need to understand the marginal costing principle because there is that is what you are going to be using here under short-term decisions. So we have the relevant cost analysis. We have the relevant cost analysis. It's something you need to Uh, understand and spend time on uh, pretty well at the end of the day Uh, we have the break-even analysis or cost volume profit analysis Uh, we have the make or buy that is limiting factor analysis make or buy or limiting factor analysis then we have the issue relating to shutdown decision it's it's an area you want to make sure uh, you pay attention to as you go into uh, these exams at the end of the day. And so we have the pricing decisions. There's a reading area, purely reading. We have the outsourcing decision, purely reading area. Okay, so you want to make sure you understand these pretty well because one of them will be in the exam hall. If the examiner is excited, then two of them will be in the exam hall that you need to... Uh, know about at the end of the day. So you want to make sure that you spend some time to understand these very well. Okay, so that's short term decisions. You need you need to be you're going to be using the marginal costing principle. So you make sure you understand them very well. Now, a number of these have already been covered on the channel here. Uh, for those of you who want to watch them, I mean you can just check on the channel. Uh, we have uh something on relevant costing in the management accounting uh Playlist. We have something on break-even analysis. Uh, we have something on uh definitely limiting factor analysis, but make or buy, so you can check them for those of you who are enrolled in our full course on our online study portal. I mean, you get access to all these and also join our live stream sessions via Zoom as we start next week in the discussion uh there. So that is short shut down. Did I say shut down? Short term uh decisions that you may need to pay attention to. From there, you come to investment appraisal. Very crucial area. Very crucial area. There are reading aspects. Also, there are, uh, there are written aspects, and also there are uh, going to be theory uh, aspects as well here. You want to make sure you understand the various things relating to the uh, capital budgeting process. Then certainly the methods of evaluation. We have the accounting rate of return. We have the payback period. We have the discounted payback period. Uh, We have the issue relating to uh, the net present value. Then we have the uh, internal rate of return, which is also known as the break-even rate, which is also known as the rate at which NPV is zero, So all these methods of evaluation, you must make sure you understand them. Once you are through with these guys, then you look at the last two areas. Definitely variance analysis. I mean, it's a topic that examiner is going to be excited about. And also budgeting. That examiner is going to be excited about. So when it comes to uh, management accounting, I mean, these are the things. Then ethics is also here. There will be a five-mark question minimum, five-mark question in the exam or on ethics that you must know about. And it is the same thing here. You need to know the code of ethics and then the threads. Here, the questions are usually direct uh, for you to be asked at the end of the day. So when it comes to management accounting also, these are the things that you must understand. Now, the questions will be about 60%, uh, 40%, or 65 35 That means calculation and rating or comments. Calculation and rating or comments. So you want to make sure you balance yourself up really well when it comes to dealing with these uh, subjects as you uh, put yourself in the sport to be able to pass the exams there. So these are the things also about management accounting. Any other subjects for me? Any other subjects for me? Is there any subject that I have not covered? Let's check. Let's see in my chat. Is there anything I've not covered? Godwin in team said, In Shira, I will write PSA and FR, and I would like to be under your mentorship. Okay, so you can send us a message on WhatsApp, you can see the number scrolling below your screen, uh, 0501149296. And uh, the timetable and the details will be sent to you so that you can uh, get access to that as well. Uh, Remember that we have copies of our public sector book uh, available. It is 120 Ghana cities covering everything with practice questions and solution. With, with practice questions and solutions to help you to uh, prepare well for the exams. For those of you who are doing uh, principles of taxation, advanced taxation, also we have our book available. Buying this book gives you access to uh, get our PDF uh, guide on uh, the key principles you need to understand when it comes to dealing with taxation uh, generally as well. Then suddenly we have our financial reporting book released just this month can you imagine that 2022 just this month we released it is fresh coming in for financial reporting it's 120 ghana cities also then the big boys copy reporting students we have the volume one and volume two together that is 135 uh ghana cities and you can uh get access to these you call the number below your screen And we can do delivery for you nationwide wherever you are at. You'll be able to get access to it. And you can visit our website at insurerpremium.com and enroll in our course or download our mobile application and uh, enroll in a course at 390 Ghana Cities per paper. That gives you access to join our live. Zoom sessions, which you are starting on the 2nd of May, 2022. You join our live Zoom sessions, you get access to all the lecture videos, our e-books, our question cards. Then you also join our Executive Review Masterclass, which is a Saturday-Sunday session we're going to be uh, hosting later on uh, uh, in the course of our lectures and you get the opportunity to study directly under my mentorship and we are looking for the overall best students in all of the subjects that we are taking this semester and if you are able to get that overall best students from the icag you get an award from the icag you get a uh, recognition from the icag you get a press from the icag we also have a cash price of one thousand ghana cities available to any of our students who will be who will be getting uh Per paper for any subjects that we get the overall best students coming in 1,000 Ghana it is cash price if you're able to get that as well so enrolling and studying under my mentorship is really something that you want to consider and do because not only are you going to be mentored to really become the best version of yourself but you also get the opportunity to open various uh, uh, aspects of your life so you can become successful as fast as possible and make more money at the end of the day. So you can head on to our website or call us, call or WhatsApp us 050 114 Charles, i said, please. How many times do you treat PSA and corporate reporting in a week? It's once a week. Uh, you can send her on WhatsApp. The timetable will be sent to you three hours per session once a week. Public sector is on Mondays, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., corporate reporting is on Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 12 Uh, noon, three hours per week. And uh, we're going to be having, like I said, some Saturday, Sunday sessions coming in later on. And we're going to have our Executive Revision Masterclass also coming on at the end of the day. So our courses are designed in a manner to enable you to uh, prepare well for the examination and really pass the exams and be the best at the end of the day. Any other questions for me uh, really quick? Any other questions? Let's see if we have any other questions coming up. Charles almost said budgeting in public sector accounting. Okay, so I think you are referring to the topics that we should start treating budgeting in, in public sector. Public sector accounting, okay. Then uh let's see. Suleimana said advanced taxation, and then David obin said advanced taxation, advanced audit, and copy reporting. Okay, I've already spoken about advanced audit and assurance. I've spoken about corporate reporting as well. So maybe what we can take is advanced taxation. So let me run down advanced taxation also real quick let's see advanced taxation wow advanced taxation i mean it's also a subject that it's you know pretty interesting in a way (laughs) at the end of the day key areas to focus on to pass the exams include the following Definitely the issue about corporate tax liability. Okay? Corporate tax liabilities. Now, when I say corporate tax liability, that is a broad picture. Okay? Now, under corporate tax liabilities, there are a number of principles you must understand. Number one, you must understand the treatment of capital allowance. Very crucial there. You must understand the treatment of issues like financial cost and financial gain. You must understand issues relating to uh, interest or loan from foreign investors or non-residents. That is where the thin capitalization concept comes in. You must know the concept of carryover of losses. you must know the treatment of dealing with other receipts or income. Like for instance, when the entity receives dividend, how do we deal with it? When the entity receives rent income, how do you deal with it? When the entity receives any interest income, how do you deal with that? Okay? So when I say corporate tax liabilities, I mean, there are a lot of things under that. There are a lot of things under that. And in advanced taxation in our class, if you're learning under my mentorship, we're going to be taking you through all of these things for you to really understand them in much detailed, very, very well at the end of the day. So corporate tax liabilities, I mean, it's a crucial area. It's a fundamental area. Definitely there is a question in the exam hall waiting for you about corporate tax liabilities and understanding these principles will set a tone for you to pass the examination. So that's the first key area we need to focus on. Then the second thing that we need to focus on will be the issue about um, standard tax planning measures. Again, this is also a broad area. When I say standard tax planning measures, it's a broad area, but that is going to be broken down into a number of things. Like, for instance, uh, tax incentives available for various types of businesses. Okay, tax incentives available for uh, various types, uh, various kinds of businesses uh, that we need to look out for in that particular case. So we must look out for, because there are tax incentives for free zone enterprises. There are tax incentives for private universities if they decide to uh, plow back their whole profit. At the end of the day, there are tax incentives for manufacturing companies. There are tax incentives for uh, uh, agro-processing. Uh, companies at the end of the day, then there are what we call the location incentives available depending on where you are located. Accra and Tema 25%. Uh, outside Accra and Tema, you get a 25% tax uh, rebate at the end of the day in that particular case. And that is going to be uh, an amount of 18 points. If you're outside Accra, if you're in other district capital, uh, regional capital, you're going to be having like Koforidua, uh, Cape Coast, Central Region, Cape Coast. Cape Coast, you're going to have 18.75. Koforidua uh, for uh, Eastern Region, I guess, you're going to have 18.75. If you're in district capital, you're going to be having A 50% tax rebate, so that is uh, 12.5% coming in. So you have to know all of these tax incentives for these uh, businesses at the end of the day. Then the next thing has to do with uh, dealing with issues such as transfers, that is changing ownership. Changing ownership. You must understand how to deal with changing ownership uh, generally and how it is taxed. So changing ownership, you are looking at issues relating to uh, transfers. OK, you're looking at issues such as disposals. OK, how do we deal with all of those things? You are looking at issues such as mergers. You're looking at issues such as uh, mergers or amalgamation. It's it's a broad area. It's a huge area that you need to look out for. Then under standard tax planning measures, you are also looking at the uh, um, double taxation. It's a huge area that we need to look out for. Then also the issue relating to um, the anti-avoidance uh, measures. The anti-avoidance measures. I mean, the concept of transfer pricing, okay, the, the, the concept of income splitting, all of these things. So under standard tax planning measures is a huge area, and the examiner will be bringing a question coming in from there. About 30 35%, 40% of the questions will be coming from standard tax planning measures. Very huge area. Very huge area. So you want to make sure you understand everything that is going on there pretty well as you prepare for the exams on advanced uh, taxation there. Then you come to the issue about taxation, mining, and oil exploration. I mean, these guys are similar, okay, but there are a couple of differences, Okay, revenue sources to the governments uh, from these two areas and how you compute the taxes relating to these areas you need to make sure you understand them very well uh, at the end of the day so mining and oil exploration huge area you need to make sure you understand that very well if you're doing advanced taxation because certainly there's going to be questions coming in from there so when it comes to advanced taxation corporate tax liabilities standard tax planning measures huge exped and then issues relating to mining and oil exploration these are the way uh, the key issues about th- that's all about advanced taxation then there are some level 2 issues okay that the examiner always bring question on between 5 to 10 marks Level 2 issues. Like sometimes the examiner can bring income tax liability of individuals. So it means you need to go back to Level 2 to go through some of those things in Level 2. Then uh, VAT. The examiner can bring you some questions on VAT withholding taxes uh, as well. Even though you are in Level 3, I mean, he can go back to Level 2 and revisit some of those things there. That is why, for instance, if you have our, our book on taxation, I mean, we covered all of these things in the book. Uh, If you have an advanced taxation book, it's both for the level two and level three. And we separate it into the things that are level two, the principles of taxation, and then the things that are level three, advanced taxation as well in that particular case. So that is also another thing that we need to uh, understand there. Tete Samuel said, uh, what, please, I am right, I am waiting for the results of April, then I decide what to do, but I think uh, advanced taxation and corporate reporting, okay, okay, that's fine, why are you going for advanced taxation and corporate reporting, is there any peculiar reason why you're going for that, uh, you did principles of taxation, so you don't want to forget the, the, the principles, so you want to do advanced taxation. If that is the case, why not? I mean, that is that is just a right decision to make at the end of the day. Baba al Hassan Abdullah said FIFA. I think you want to say FIFA. You want to say FIFA, I guess, uh, in PSA. We have a video on that on the channel. Uh, you can check the public sector uh, uh, playlist. You'll be able to get a video on that on the channel but certainly we're going to be adding that to our topic list here peffer public expenditure and financial accountability framework okay so i think that is all for the questions that i i received i hope that i attended to all the questions i guess OK, so that is it about that. And so generally, when it comes to these subjects that you are writing, these are the key issues or the key areas that you need to focus on. Let me say that the exams is going to be both rating and calculation for most of the subjects. For instance, if you are doing public sector, it's going to be written and uh, comments, uh, financial reporting written and comments management accounting rating and comments uh, principles of taxation rating did i say written and comments rating and computation rating slash comments and computation uh coming in there in that case so your your my recommendation to you is that in as much as you'll be learning in as much as you'll be doing the calculation spend time to write a lot that is why, for those of you who are studying under my mentorship or who are going to be studying under my mentorship, I mean, we're going to be having performance evaluation tests. We're going to be doing assignments. And the purpose of these performance evaluation tests and assignments is to check issues like your handwriting, is to check issues like your cognitive uh, uh Alertness that is your ability to be able to construct simple sentences and express your thoughts on paper because there are some of you you can rattle, you can speak something that looks like English, but then if we give paper to you and we say you should write, you don't know how to uh structure your thoughts and express it in a comprehensive manner for it to be understood. So uh things like ratio analysis. going to be writing ratios i'm going to be showing it on the screen for everybody and i'm going to be marking it we're going to be going through it and i'm going to be laughing at you your grammar your handwriting the purpose of all of these things is to be able to polish you pretty well before you go into the examination and it's going to be intense uh in that manner because chances are if you don't participate in all these things you wouldn't know how you are like, you wouldn't know that you you actually suck. You wouldn't know that you actually don't know much at the end of the day. And that is one thing that you want to avoid at the end of the day. So that is it about that. In the next 12 weeks, like I said yesterday, we're going to be trying as much as possible, especially for those of you are going to be studying directly under my mentorship enrolling in our full course and joining our uh, full lectures and studying directly under my mentorship at 390 Ghana cities per paper, you're really going to be uh, mentored, assisted, and i really going to be on you so that you can prepare well for the examination and most importantly, pass the exams. And that is my goal. And that is our objective at the end of the day and the way we have structured our program in order to assist you to prepare well for the examination. So that is it about that. Uh, We're going to be concluding around here. Uh, today remember if you have not subscribed to the channel you can subscribe to the channel and uh, click on the bell notification icon so that when we go live you'll be the first person to be notified uh, by youtube so that you can join uh, the live stream and be part of us at the end of the day remember to follow me also on instagram most importantly make sure that you download our mobile application okay get our mobile application on the Google Play Store or the App Store, uh, and uh, you get access to some free lecture videos exclusive. They are not available here on YouTube. They are exclusive in the mobile application. So if you download the mobile application, you get access to that. You also get access to our Uh, blog posts on topics, key areas, and other blog issues to help you to uh, become successful. And also, you can enroll in our full courses or full programs in the mobile application. So make sure you download the mobile application as well so that you can uh, get access to the full uh, benefits of it. MK said, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Uh, From rwanda i'm watching you okay thanks for joining us mk uh chino abdullah said good evening Ishira. uh good evening chino i hope you're doing well so thank you very much for joining the stream i'll be coming your way same time tomorrow as we continue inshira will hold your hand to pass the exams lah. okay <laughs> all right uh look man thank you very much so We're going to be uh, ending here today, God willing, tomorrow. We'll come your way same time. And from tomorrow, we are starting with key topics in specific subjects. So you can follow me on Instagram and the topic will be posted there. Subscribe to the channel also and click the bell notification icon so that when we schedule the meeting, you will get a notification. And if it is a topic that relates to you, then you can make time to join me on the live stream and ask me any questions that you have or you know somebody who is doing that topic or learning that course, learning that subject, you notify the person so the person can join. So we together assist a lot of students preparing for the examination and to pass the exam. So that's it. Thank you very much for joining the stream. Shout outs to everybody, guys. Thanks very much for everything. What's wrong with my chat? I need to pull up. Okay, so Samuel Allison, Brian Gladys, John Melissen, Charles, uh, Kiana, David Godwin, Abubakar Baba Al Hassan, M K Fanchino, Lokman. I mean, uh, t- thank you very much. Waiting for the April results. Yeah, keep waiting. It will come pretty soon. Don't worry, it will come pretty soon. So wishing you all the best as you wait. Uh, at the end of the day, but like I say, always as far as you are not going to chatter uh, yet, uh, your next papers you can start preparing yourself up. You can start studying uh, for those papers uh, as well because if, if that you, know, you know your next papers to write, you start studying. Okay, you start studying so that you don't put the time away because your mind is a little active from the shock from the exams. So you can as well leverage on that to start learning as soon as possible so that when the results come and it is okay, I mean, you're already studying, you continue. If it is not to your liking, then you just go back, do your revision as well, and then you prepare for the exams. But that's it about that. Thank you very much, guys. I'll catch you same time tomorrow as we continue with our discussion. Stay safe and stay blessed. Bye-bye.